0: Welcome to More to Come, P.W. Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded this week in various locations around New York City. Uh, I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of P.W. Comics World. Check us out online
1: at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the editor-in-chief of The Beat at ComicsBeat.com, and uh, I like to yap on this podcast. You can check us out on social media on Twitter at at PWComicsWorld.
2: And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer, and you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com.
0: And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes, and on Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. Okay, this week on More to Come, uh, Valiant gets bought. IDW, results uh, um, from uh, IDW Publishing. Uh, Kuyo Liang, uh, longtime head of of Diamond Book Distributors, moves to read pop. Interesting story. And fresh from France, uh, we'll have a report. <laughs> <laughs> I see Europe. I see France. Anyway, uh, no. I, uh, Heidi McDonald will give us a report from Angolem, the great European Comics Festival. So – uh, uh, uh let's get right to it. Valiant acquired by DMG Entertainment.
1: Yeah, now let me just point out so uh I'm literally fresh off the plane. Yes. I <laughs> raced home uh after my 8-hour flight I and mm-hmm. uh, from Paris from and uh I was away for eight days, which is a pretty long trip. Uh and you know, it just seems like all hell broke loose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, the minute I, I I, you know, I was trying to report on some of this stuff as well as the all the anglem doings, but wow, what a what a week for work. So that's why I was eager to I couldn't let you two just, you know, gab without me. So oh,
0: good. <laughs> um
1: yeah, valiant. So this happened earlier in the week. Um, you know, saying it's been sold isn't really accurate and yeah. um it was really just uh, the, the, the company that had the 57% share of the company now I guess owns 100% share <laughs> of it, and it that is, like. is the DMG Entertainment. Hmm. Um, and Dinesh Shamdasani, who uh, founded Valiant, you know, acquired their assets at auction, a huge fan of the line and has been running the company for six years. Uh, it's said that he will uh, um, remain as a consultant, um, although based on some kind of dark tweet, that or a dark tweet that he sent. Um, one guesses that he is not happy about this. Um, also, uh Peter Cunio and Gavin Cunio, who are kind of the other mm-hmm. money men at the company. Right. Uh, they are uh well Peter's out, but uh, Gavin will remain as a consultant, it's been yeah. said. Um, you know, this is a lot of this information is uh kind of back channel gossipy stuff. You know, what we know is that Dan Mintz, who mm-hmm. is the DM of the DMG, uh, came out in The Hollywood Reporter and talked about how it's full speed ahead for media rights yes. and, um, you know, we're not looking to expand our publishing right now. <laughs> yes, so that
0: jumped out at me, yeah. <laughs> kind,
1: of, um, <laughs> kind of, you know, I think we might have on this very podcast over the years, I think we might have speculated and talked about Valiant. Yeah, and just wondered how long they would go mm-hmm. on with what to be a pretty high burn rate.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. A lot of we we have talked about it. Uh, we just wondered, yeah.
2: It? I mean, is it, we is it a money that- laundering front? Like what? What? Come
0: on. <laughs> well, we know that there was a uh, uh, movie money. I, I I didn't really know much about DMG, uh, and um, I I've done some stories actually about. Wasn't it about some some Chinese? Wasn't uh, some Chinese investors?
1: Yes, DMG is funded by the Chinese. Let's ah, get that straight. Okay, so you, you know, some people have been saying, oh, now the Chinese own Valiant. Uh, I don't think it's quite that straightforward. Mm. They've owned it for a
2: long time. Mm, if yeah. You're take
1: that uh, I, I mean, I think it was more a case of, um, you know, this was a conduit for uh, yeah. Chinese production, um, uh-huh.
0: basically. So it's it's very interesting. Um, so where does this leave us now? In I mean, obviously, Val has had a sort of a fig leaf of, of really aspiring to be a big publisher. Uh, now its new owner kind of is, I mean, it, we seem to be reverting back to this period when everything was sort of directed at movies. The only reason the comics existed was for a movie, and well, let's, that hasn't worked in the past. But you know, I, I, that's just me being reactive.
1: Well, you know, something this is this is a real, um, you know, this is this is a. I don't know if you want to call it a wake up call, but. Mm. Uh, You know, this is sad. I mean, this is sad news, okay? No, it really is. I I, I agree. And, you know, uh, like, uh, Dinesh was a huge fan of this line of comics, and he really went into it as someone who believed in these characters, you know, and... And, you know, I don't think any of us have ever sat down here and, you know, not – can't wait to talk about a Valiant book, you know? I mean these weren't books that really appealed to us. I know they had a very strong fan base among Valiant fans yes, who might be more of an aging demographic, I guess you could say. Um, but, you know, the reality is, yes, people only uh, – okay, so there's been reports that uh, – and I think if you go back and look, I, I again, I haven't had time to re- totally research this. But, you know, there was something like $110 million cash infusion from mm-hmm. DMG, and right. they owned 57% of right. the company that. Mm-hmm. prior to this. And, you know, at some point, you got to be like, uh, where's my money, honey? Yeah. And I think that's what this was, you yeah. know? I mean, I've seen people speculating, but it certainly sounds, you know, this is what happens in the VC world. You know, if you don't eventually hit your target, you know, bad things happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I will say that Valiant just wasn't able to, to get anything off the ground as far as media goes and you know it's kind of conspicuous because everything else is being made into a netflix show or a movie or tv i mean you know i mean even chuck forsman mini comic got turned yes and everyone's raving about it right 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 you know and i I mean i was Now, now, now
0: they've got a couple things in production right or in development. Well, Excuse me, well, in development.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I uh, mean everybody... I've got something in development. I mean, don't we all? I mean, Kate, aren't you developing that feature, you know, about... Uh...
0: <laughs> yes, she's... I <laughs> think she's know? got a YouTube feature, like, Yeah, working, yeah, yeah, working she's off...
2: a secret. Well, you're... actually, I have... <laughs> I have a uh, parody thing that is, oh, about three quarters uh, recorded, and it uh, hasn't seen the light of day for five years. So... <laughs> Maybe
0: we can i get think it that one's
1: out to pasture
0: well maybe you can get it option but everybody else is optioning stuff right um, right right
1: but you know yeah. i mean it real. they had okay and i mean they 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 didn't get anything going so uh you know then they did a a direct to video feature that was going to be bloodshot i think it was jason david frank or something yeah. it was based on one of their events and uh, it didn't look very good. I got to be honest. It just yeah. didn't look very good. Yeah. And it seemed like some sort of weird thing that didn't fly very well and it's never come out. And, mm. you know, it was just announced that Vin Diesel was signed to play play Bloodshot. And, mm. you know, so but before that, it was Jared Leto. I mean, this it was like, oh, China's giving us lots of money. I mean, it was kind of like the song and dance. But mm-hmm. there was no band backing it, you know it, you know, it, it was it of... was
2: it was an air band with
0: air instruments
2: it
1: was air guitar, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it, it was
2: it, a, it... it always reminded me of like those guys you see who are like entrepreneurs and life hackers who are like the four hour work week. And you're yes. like how do they make that work? They <laughs> yeah, make it work And then now, eventually it
0: money. does. Well, they I right. mean, well, the fans seem to rally around the, the faith, the the uh, sort of plus-size superhero. Yeah. That fan. was the one strong. That to be because, gets- but what I in a meeting that I had with them, I mean, all of their characters, I mean, these weren't new characters. They they were able to sort of Re-revive the whole or, or a small part of the vast catalog of characters. It's very interesting too. They even talk of themselves in terms of the number of characters they have. They consider themselves the number three comics publisher in the US. But that's based mm. on how many characters they own. The characters
2: they, they own. Okay, yeah, well, very you know, strange. Yeah, well I could, I could make, make up ten characters tomorrow. A very like.
0: strange standard to use, but there you go.
1: Well, I, I I, mean, you know, once again, I mean, there's no one who is that, you know, look, this is the sad thing. I mean, their books weren't always, always yeah. you know, they didn't, they didn't excite me. Okay. I'll just put it that yeah. way. They weren't for me. Uh, there's nothing wrong with them. They had some really great artists and great writers. They had really good talent books yeah. uh, and they did everything right. You know, they were a real class act. And again, yes. I mean, I can't, I can't, oh. I can't stress enough, you know, how Dinesh, I mean, he's a really classy guy and and he brought a lot to comics, you know, I think, Uh you know, even this is a company that was, you know, minority owned and. Uh And that's important. And, yes. Uh, no, a now good point. it's sort of gone offshored. I mean, yeah. You know? yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, now, I'm just – What I'm do like, you
0: think of the, the – I mean, Mint says he's yeah. going to involve the writers more closely in TV development. What, what do you think that that actually uh, means? That's
1: something he said to yeah. make it sound like mm-hmm. it wasn't a disaster. Like
0: he cares about the publishing side? <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean – Okay. <laughs> it's – I have – I love small publishers and I love – you know trying to minority own everything but i do think there's something to be said for you know the publishers that are that build a business plan that is sustainable right like that, right. that they okay. know that even if they're aiming for the sky in the future that they you know if what you can afford is fewer books then you make fewer books if what you can afford is kickstarting then you kickstarter you you don't get
0: ten million dollars in that. Well it's even yeah. more than that.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um
1: I well how do you I, like, I how a, do you start well wait, just the same. how do you start make a small fortune in comics? <laughs> you, start you start with start a with large
0: one. Fortune. Right. Yeah, I'm sorry,
1: Calvin. What were you
0: No, it was just that I, I you know, I um I, I I had some meetings with um uh the Valiant Management Team, um uh, I believe it was Fred Pierce and Russell Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, uh look, I like them both. Um uh I like Fred too. I mean, we uh we talked about the business. Uh I mean, I, with all due respect, I'm an amateur and they're professionals. Um I'm a you know, I'm a one-note uh comics pundit t- to some degree in the sense that I really think publishers uh, whether they whether they start in a direct market or or they start in the book trade, that they should be paying very close attention to the book trade and right. they should be aiming their editorial content to the book trade, even if they have to aim some of it to the direct market. I, I, I understand balancing the two markets out. I found them overly focused on the direct market uh, and a little bit uh, too f- – not, really not looking ahead, not looking to where – the readers are, and in and, and that is in the book trade. So, well, we're
1: really seeing two industries, and I mean, this was this was you know something that I'll talk more about when I talk about going to Angoulême. But you know, all the things that I saw there is truly, you know, it is an international book market, and um, you know, this. I mean, we were predicting this all last year. You know, when we get to also talking about IDW, you know, this there's going to be a lot of shakeups in 2018. I mean, we've already had one huge one, and this is just the start. Yeah. And um you know, I, one thing that this isn't on our, our topic list but but I happen to see this is that uh ICB two is now uh, running the uh, top 20 graphic novels of the year. They've made a deal with uh, NPD uh Guide. Oh, they, they have to work on Yeah, books, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, yeah, I'll just read you the top cool. 10 books of last year. Well, let me read you the top of, uh yeah. Let me just keep reading. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Number one was March Book One. Surprise, okay. Surprise. Number two, <laughs> Saga Volume Seven. Mm-hmm. Three, mm-hmm. Everyone's an Alien, but you're an Alien Two, mm-hmm. a, a book that no one in comics has ever talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's based on a very popular Instagram account uh the march Hmm. trilogy the walking dead volume 27 batman the killing joke you know 25 (laughs) years young Uh, Tokyo Ghoul number one My Hero Academia volume one Fun Home at number Mm -hmm. nine at number 10 The Legend of Zelda Twilight Hmm. Princess at number 11 Watchmen at (laughs) number 12 a book that I don't know if you guys have heard about. It's called My Favorite Thing is Monsters. <laughs> uh, very little-known book. Uh-huh. Um, Number 12, very good. We talk about that yeah. all the time on here. I know. Um, th- uh, that, uh, 13, Black Panther, book one, A Nation Under Our Feet. Mm-hmm. I'm 14, The Legend of Zelda Legendary. 15, One Punch Man. 16, Tokyo Ghoul, volume two. 17, Legend of Zelda. 18, Going Into Town, A Love Letter by Raj Chast. Oh, followed yeah. by... The Legend of Zelda and at 20 Death Note Black Edition. Now, do you notice something on there? There is not one single contemporary Mm -hmm. uh, superhero book on there. And there's actually, well, no, there is. I take it back Black Panther, actually. There's Black Panther.
0: um, And this is book one. So this is the one by Tanahese Coates.
1: Uh, By Tanahese Coates, yes. And the other one that would sort of be kind of uh, almost sort of in our world Hmm. uh, is Saga. You know, the new volume of Saga is Mm -hmm. on there at number two. Um, but you know, this is a whole different world. And, Absolutely. Um, well, I mean, and, I and,
0: and like- if we haven't mentioned yet, Valiant is a superhero universe.
1: Yeah.
0: If we haven't, have we haven't said that? If you probably can figure it out anyway. Well,
2: it's it's sort of superhero, and then it has a few things edging yeah, outside the edges yeah, of it, but other it's mostly superhero. In, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but but it, it wasn't even the superheroes. I mean, it was really how they were. I mean, how they thought about their content. How who they thought the reader was. I, I just found it very kinda nineteen seventy five.
1: Let me tell you <laughs> no it's not nineteen seventy five, it's nineteen ninety five, and I'll tell you something. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, someone sent me a link to the Valiant Message Board. Uh-huh. And first off, they have a message board? You know, people haven't done that in like fifteen years. And on these message boards, people go and they post messages you know like they're they're all the fans are on there like honestly like you guys, they, did I thought, I, they did in
0: 1995 they did in
1: 1995 I thought I had stepped back in time you know like people talking on a message board devoted like you just don't see things like that anymore and, and you know at on the one hand I'm like sometimes you don't you don't desert the people you know they say don't desert who brought you to the dance so yeah, I right. you know I pre- appreciate that they were yes. trying to to you know, sticking with, uh, you know, limit or becoming more selective about your audience in the immortal words of Ian Faith from Spinal Tap is not a long term strategy for success.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't blame the, you know, the fans no, or even no, the taste well. of the fans, um, because. I, I mean, I think you could have had a similar product and had it survive financially, but you couldn't have with the high overheads they had. I mean, they, they would have needed to scale down operations in order to have these kind of books, keep them afloat. Um, well, they spent a lot well, of money. They had to be
0: spent. I mean, look, they have very good artists. Uh, and, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean I, I, I've I, read some of the books. I read some of the, the Bloodshot and uh, some of the Heartbringer. Uh, I mean, I, uh, you know, it, it, they just didn't grab me. I mean... You know, a lot of the the characters seem interesting, (laughs) but I don't know. Um, I'll
1: tell you, there's two things that Valiant did that that really caught my fan. Well, three things, okay. I mean, I definitely liked Faith, you know, written by Jody yeah, Hauser. Mm-hmm. Um You know, I mean, it was pleasant. It wasn't one of my favorite, or you know, it wasn't a book that I couldn't wait to come out. But you know, they did a decent. Yeah. That that was a very contemporary book. Um, there was a book that they did by Peter Milligan called Britannia that I really liked. Actually, uh, Britannia so is actually a very good. It, book It is very good, and, and um, I I actually
2: yeah. bought a trade. Anyway, yeah.
1: But and the third thing they did is really the thing that they did that was such a trailblazer and why the company didn't succeed in spite of this I don't know. So when they did the cosplay cat covers. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, I, I this was a breakthrough in comics history.
0: Uh, I, I, I somehow cats always seem to figure into into the breakthrough picture picture. But you know, people <laughs> I all, I also uh, I mean I've heard I haven't read it. I have heard people talk about Quantum and Woody quite
1: a bit.
2: Now, Yes, I, Quantum I and Woody it. is actually Well,
1: <laughs> that was a classic, wasn't yes. it? And, yes, you know, and they had Archer and Armstrong and, hmm. you know, they had these two team books, which apparently, you know, Quantum and Woody had this really rabid, it was a cult book, especially when it was written by Christopher Priest, the great Christopher Priest. Oh, of Priest. course, yes, that's right. And you, and, you know, this book really sounds like one that could have been brought forward. But, you know, again, hmm. I, I I'm not the target audience, I guess. So well, well, that uh, maybe it. that's part of the problem.
0: <laughs> anyway, all right.
1: Well, but. well, but you know, listen. Valiant was definitely was. I mean, they're still publishing. They're they haven't gone away. But uh, obviously, a huge shakeup. But I will say, retailers were very, very fond of Valiant, and um, you know, with all the problems that Marvel has been having, and um, you know, the Valiant was was sort of looking to really capitalize on that. So. Yeah, there's more to come. Definitely more to come.
0: All right. Okay. All right. Let's segue to that to um, IDW. My boss, Jim did a story about um, their basically publishing revenue at IDW in fiscal 2017. Um, Uh-oh. Now, publishing revenue was down. And, I, and it's interesting. I, and I'd be curious to know what you guys think about this because we, we talked about this on the last show because uh, book scan numbers show graphic novels for, for 2017 down 5%. Um, uh-huh. but one of the things, and I didn't talk about it in the show that it occurred to me, I mean, we don't have the mega bestseller of, of what, of uh, March, uh, which wasn't, that was the 2016
2: Although, although
1: that book was published by IDW, so yeah, you know they had point. the number one and the number three we, books I, we, and
0: still well, fell. Well, I mean, what happens? I mean, but that its initial run was in 2016, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. What so what then happens,
2: they what, seem to fall because they're yes, suffering. Contrast happens, to that once in a lifetime. What happens
0: throughout the book trade. Is that the that you know, when there's a mega bestseller one year, if you don't have something that even right. is even remotely right. close, the entire industry sort of like drops down a peg. Uh, it happens invariably after of a, 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 a Harry Potter book comes out, right? So the the next year, it's just like everybody's down. So I'm wondering if that played played some part in it. But anyway, in 2017, their publishing revenues at IDW fell 12.1 percent compared to fiscal 2016. Um, sales overall were 24.5 million dollars, down from 27.9. <clears throat> and IDW attributed the decline to the cyclical comic book specialty business. On the other mm-hmm. hand, uh, it also. But
1: they also yes, mentioned on. transitioning. Yes. I'm reading the story. I have yes, in front of me. good Pen- point. And, yes, Penguin Random And that's that's yeah.
0: That's huge, and that that will make a difference. And there is always a slowdown uh, among the other publishers who have this immediate transfer uh, and learn and are kind of learning the Random House way of doing business. Uh, and usually after that, there's a big, a big uptick in sales. Because right. Random House just has so many more accounts. There's, they they get more books in more places than anybody.
1: Right, they do, and and you know I I I think obviously. Top, uh, IDW has top shelf, and they have the March trilogy, which is you yes. know going to be on that list for a long time, <laughs> forever. And yeah, yeah, it's 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 right up there with Persepolis and the Killing Joke. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know they had success in their entertainment industry. Yes. Uh you know mm-hmm. inter- with, with the surprise hit Winona Earp on Sci-Fi. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. But Dirk Gently was canceled after two seasons. But you know now they have Lock and Key coming. Mm-hmm. So, you know this isn't, I, yeah. I, you know. I mean, twelve percent isn't awesome. I think what you're saying, Calvin, about March's original, you know, first big hit being part of that is probably dead on. Prangum ran a house. Uh, you know, there's mitigating factors. I wouldn't call this a desperate, you know, uh, out to sea for IDW. But guess what? The industry is not making. You know, it's not growing right now. Yeah, yeah. It's um, a rough match.
0: Yeah. And the other thing about March is it, what's interesting about March is, I mean, all three of the volumes are bestsellers and the combined um boxed set is a bestseller. So, Great. I mean, the numbers
1: are just inc- are just crazy. So Exa- Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um so yeah, uh but you know, I- again, I mean, I don't I don't want to be like I told you so, but we've been talking we've been anticipating this unfortunately. Uh, you know, it's been coming and um I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, but uh, but IDW is uh, um, optimistic about uh, future revenues. They expect things to go up, and, and they expect things to improve in fiscal 2018. So uh, we shall see. Yes, uh, we
1: shall. Okay.
0: Now, oh, another big blockbuster move, new, news uh, coming from uh, the pop culture corner, Cool, Yu Liang, known to uh, – uh, pop culture fans or pop culture professionals, anyway, far and wide, as Coo uh, um, uh, is leaving. Well, he's the founder of Diamond Book Distribu- uh, Distribution. His current position is, is vice president, international sales and business development at Diamond Comics Distributors. He's leaving to join Reed Pop, the global pop culture uh, conventions division of Reed Exhibitions. Um, this is a pretty big deal. Uh, Ku is a key – kind of a key figure in the growth of the graphic novel ca- uh, category, and DVD um, was founded at a kind of a key period in 2002. Um, yeah. Th- and Diamond's uh, first foray into distributing into the book trade.
1: You know, as I was getting ready to do this podcast, I was you know looking this up, and I came across the very first story from 2002. Uh, about ku forming sure. Diamond Book Distribution. And, you know, Ku is a huge player in the rise of graphic novels oh. over the last 15 years, you Absolutely. know. He had this job for 15 years. So him moving is pretty seismic. Um, you know, he had recently left uh, Diamond Book Distributors to take on more of an you know, kind of look over their international publishing yeah. schedule. Yeah. And so, and you know, Calvin, I know you and I would both meet with Ku regularly, and yeah. he was very, very interested in all this local stuff. Yeah. So um well, uh, local stuff, international. I am yeah, jet lag, folks, so that's please okay. bear with me, bear with me. But um you know, so this is a natural for him.
0: Oh absolutely. I mean this is what Koo did. I mean, he moved around the world uh, creating new business opportunities for Diamond. A uh, graphic is specifically for graphic novels, but also, I mean, uh, Diamond, Diamond Book Distributors also distributed a wide range of pop culture material. And I'll never forget one of the things that, that Ku told me early on. He says, you move around the world and, believe me, the, the bestseller list, uh, in pop culture, uh, no matter what you're talking about, books, movies, comics, games, he says, it's basically the same properties and you just rearrange the order of popularity you know depending on what country you're in so,
1: yeah and i mean this yeah, is on. yeah this is something that i you know again i'll I'll get more into this on my Angle M report but absolutely i saw this in france i mean you'd be you know even though france the franco-belgian market is the world's biggest market um for graphic novels uh boy you know they love their american stuff over there not only certain things they don't but uh, and, and, you know, I talked to a bunch of people. I was like, oh, do they like this? Do they like that? You know, and, you know, everybody downloads The Walking Dead. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. it's shown there. But, yeah. uh, you know, people just go on. They pirate yeah. stuff. You know, this is something Ku was always pointing out to me. Like, he would go to India and Taiwan and all around the world. Yes. You know, he was a real Johnny comic seed, so this is just a natural fit for him, and and good for Reed. You know, Reed yeah, has really been shoring, shoring up a lot of their their. The, you know, they're, they're a huge player in this business now. Well,
0: what's very interesting about it? I mean, I was I, I actually talked with Koo, uh, and we're, we're going to have a story uh, online at, at Publishers Weekly, but I, I, I talked with him, and um, I you know I was asked him. So so look, they brought you on. Is there a new wave of expansion coming on? And he said, well, look, I mean, Read Pop itself is only about 10 years old. And right. he says, and most of these businesses, they're, they're international, uh, these international businesses aren't very old either. I think the Korean, he said the Korean, uh, Comic Con that he's, that, that they've just launched is only a year old. So he says, yes. his job is really to grow the opportunities that they have right now to expand on them. Not necessarily at this point. To start new shows, though I don't doubt that that will be coming at some point.
1: Yeah, and I mean this is, you know, Koo's an excellent ambassador for read Pop and for comics conventions, and um, you know he'll be great. He'll be great at this, and he built at Diamond Books. You know they've actually had a little rough sledding over the last yeah, few years. Um, you know, like ID, IDW did leave Diamond Books, yes. and Dark Horse left Diamond Books, yes. but um, I like I said, I it was a huge, huge player, and. Mm. Um, you and know, it, Coup, vital, vital por- part of what's happened in the last 15 years. And it years. was very key
0: when when Coup came into this marketplace. When they brought Diamond Book uh, Distributors, uh, it was kind of a it was kind of the Wild West for distributing of a wide variety of graphic novels into the book trade, particularly for for independents and, and small press publishers. And uh, there had been uh, you know there had been another vendor who kind of went bankrupt, and some people had lost some merchandise, were trapped in warehouses. So Diamond kind of came into this thing and it really kind of changed the whole marketplace and was another spur to growth. So, it and was. he came in just as the, as the manga, uh, you know, infiltration was, the manga revolution was taken, was, was taken. Absolutely.
1: Off. So, anyway, yeah. It, yeah. Now, uh, big, big player. You know, before yeah. we, I, I have a couple things up here that I, uh, I want to talk about just in terms of graphic novels, actually, while Mm -hmm. we're talking about that. You know, one of them. Now, this is super interesting. Mm -hmm. Actually, this is I've never seen this before. Um, Remember how I mentioned that ICV2 has, uh, you know, teamed with BookScan? Well, they also have a best-selling kids books of 2017. And you'd be surprised by who tops it, I think. The number one bestseller was Dog Man Unleashed by Dav Pilkey. Huh. Dave Pilkey. And uh, number two, Dogman, Tell Two Kitties. I love that title. Uh, at number three, Dogman. But you know, the Dogman series by Dave Pilkey, who, you know, of Captain Underpants. I mean, the oh, guy has, is of a course. hugely yes. successful Yes, he's massive. Yeah. Yes. And then at number four, five, six, and seven, we have Ghost Drama, Smile and Sisters mm. by Raina Taugenmeyer. Wow. Oh, and at number eight, The Babysitter's Club. By Raina Talgemeier. <laughs> At number nine, Real Friends by Shannon Hell. Yes. At number ten, Big Nate. What's the little new? Uh-huh. Uh, I'll just read the next ten. Uh, Dandedum, Dan- Dan- Travers and the Enchanted Crystal. I don't mm. know what that is. Yeah. I never heard of it. Babysitter's it. Club Volumes 2, 5, and 4. <laughs> Invisible <laughs> Emmy by Terry Libenson. Another book I never heard of. Yeah. Babysitter's Club volume 3. Awkward <laughs> by uh, Svetlana Chmakova. Yes. El Defo. Roller Girl, and then Big Nate. So a couple of surprises on there, but yeah. uh, some real solid, solid, solid hits, classics on there as well. Yeah, no, so, very interesting.
0: And I forget about Dave Pilkey, too. That's another character yeah. That, that, yeah. Uh, he's very popular.
1: That, anyway, yeah, that kids', kids graphic novel list. Um,
0: how about it's very that? impressive. And it, uh, another measure of what we talk about all the time is how books are changing. Uh, now, speak- the category that we love.
1: Right. Now, speaking of books that are changing. So anyway. All right. So Angulam. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. So this was uh So I've been once, Calvin, you went once and you mm-hmm. went the year that was a big disaster. Everything yes. went uh, through like like deliberate disasters. Um But uh, so and then there was a lot of soul searching, I guess. And yes. so this year, as far as I could tell, there weren't any horrible faux pas. Everything went very smoothly, as I I said. I I did file a bunch of reports. You can go on the beat uh, and look for Angulem coverage. And I I have three reports. I'm very proud of myself. I was able to tear myself away from the hot camembert (laughs) and and the the free cognac (laughs) to uh, write three reports. But, um, you know, a lot. Oh, my God. I have learned so much and saw so much and talked about so much with so many people. Um, Angulem is like that. It is, but, you know, there's so few Americans there. I mean, there's still really only a handful of mm-hmm. English-speaking people, go, and it doesn't cater to English speakers, comics fans at all. Yeah. Nope. Um, the big news at the show really was these two blockbuster exhibitions, um, one by uh, Osamu Tezuka, Tezuka? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, the Godfather of Manga. He, there was mm-hmm. a big show of his set up at the Angola Museum, and it's actually up until cool. March – So if you happen to be in French, you go check it out. Um, A very thorough retrospective of his career, Mm. um, all in French. Mm. So I could not read any of the copious (laughs) (laughs) records. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, uh, this was a topic of a lot of conversation among the English speakers. Um, The other show was by uh, Naoki Urasawa, Uh a a disciple, something of a disciple of Tezuka. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he was at the show and, you know, he's really – uh, one of the great living cartoonists as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned. I was hoping to catch a glimpse of him. You know, Terrence uh, Irvin mm-hmm. uh, the uh, Bookskin Kanaya was also there. A frequent guest on this podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he was just hanging out at the Black Cat in the Chat Noir and, <laughs> and Urasawa happened to be there, so he got to shake his oh. hand. I'm so jealous. Well, Terrence,
0: is, Terrence like, lives at Uncle Liv. I mean, he's there every year.
1: <laughs> he is, and we hung out a little bit. Uh, you know, Chris Butcher and his husband Andrew Woodward Butcher are yeah. also there. Um, now, the, really, the star of the show is um, for us is uh, Ivanka Hanenberger. Yes, of course. Uh, Great Ivanka, I mean she is such a nexus of so many different things that she runs the rights market there, so mm-hmm. so that you know, I can just ramble on and on about the cheese and the the, the all that but instead <laughs> and what the I want of
0: course and the wine, oh my, well,
1: I had some dinners that were exceptional, but uh, <laughs> let's talk about what we're here to talk about on this podcast, and uh the rights market, which is like there's one tent uh, where international publishers come. And there was more publishers than ever. Like I went four years ago. There was twice as many publishers at the market, and um, they had to turn people away. Uh-huh. So there, there's been so much activity in bringing books over here and the french comics association had a breakfast uh where jean pochouli did a presentation it wasn't the one he did at icb2 Hmm. last fall at at the new york comic-con but uh you know threw up some slides and you know this figure that 220 french graphic novels have been were published you know that she's the one who did that all by bringing Mm -hmm. over american editors and publishers to see the material. I think you Calvin weren't you there with Ted Adams from my Absolutely.
0: Um and you know and in and just to, uh, in reference back to your exhibition. When I was there it was a magnificent Hugo Pratt exhibition that was also completely oh. in French. Um but um but yes. Um this was I mean that was the beginning. I mean uh, Ivanka had a strategy for bringing American publishers there uh and American media people like you and I to write about what was going on there, and also to basically to sell rights. Ted Adams was there when I was there, and I think he bought about twenty licenses when he yeah. was there. I mean, he was he just it was like Christmas Day for him. Um, but right. apparently, he was. I think it was was he back this year? I know IDW was there. Uh, yes,
1: they were there. The person Jeff Webber, who does some of their international right? Who does, right?
0: Who does all um, that stuff.
1: Yeah, now I did a I, I fascinating panel. You know, they do one uh, business panel. So on this panel was um, a really fascinating mix of publishers, old and new. There was Patty Rice from Andrews MacMill. um And, you know, to have someone from, she's like old school. So, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. this was all, in fact, <laughs> I think Patty did say the funniest thing. I heard it on the whole angle when we asked – on the panel, I asked, you know, what surprised you the most about the show? And she said, I think the thing that surprised me the most is that people really like graphic novels so much here. So, you know, I don't think she was very familiar with the French market. Yeah, Um, clearly. (laughs) uh, Yeah. But also, uh, aside from that, on the panel was – I'm going to mess up all their names – Adam Wilson from Gallery 13. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. They're everywhere these days. Right. Um, uh, uh Greg Hunter who runs the Learners graphic novel oh, line. He's uh-huh. very, very sharp. Uh, good. you know they have a lot of things coming out, uh, continuing the work done by Carol who kind of founded the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm running through it in my mind. Uh, there was also Diana Faux from Tor, and they are uh-huh. just launching a graphic novels line. And it was really Tor, a fascinating. Really? Yeah, and it was really an interesting look. You know, from old school. To people are just getting into it and um you know a lot of the publishers here like like learner are really into middle grade stuff yeah and i think that's hard to find Mm -hmm. uh because that material tends not to translate very well Mm -hmm. so that was actually really interesting um and and, you know that that is not you know that is not crossing over either way um you know certainly mm -hmm. no one Mm-hmm. That's no, interesting in America, because
0: you know, I mean, the Lion Forge Kids line—they're really, um, they're they're bringing a lot of French uh, properties over. And, they
1: are, they are, and yes. there are a lot
0: of them are middle grade, in the middle grade and YA. Yes,
1: but they are more—they're they're more like fantasy, like yes. fantasy stuff. Works, for instance. I yes, also you absolutely Laura, right, Laura Fountain. The mm-hmm. famous uh, she's uh, Robert Crumb's uh, agent, oh, but yes. agent yes, for a yes, lot of. Yes, she yes. also represents yes. for second, and uh, sh- uh, we were talking about how uh, Ben Hatke's books yes. do right. very well in Europe. Yeah. And uh, I actually jotted down a whole list of things, though, while we were meeting that. I don't have my little notes in front of me, but you have to check the beat out. As soon as I get a good night's sleep, I'm going to write all this up. But, um, yeah, and then uh, some European publishers are launching lines of American comics, you know? So the crossover is fantastic and – I think the most interesting thing, though, that happened was when I went to Paris and I went to check out – there's a little district of comic shops there. Calvin, did you get a chance to go when you were over there?
0: Uh, a little they- district of comic shops. I don't think I did, no. This is, off, oh, see, this is outside this of the – This is in Paris.
1: Oh, this, this is, is in Paris. Paris. No, I did not. Yeah. We did, I
0: didn't even get into Paris when I came.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, and so when I was – I was last in Paris 20 years ago, so it's been a while. And when I went, there was Album was the best known store. They had this huge store that sold French comics and Corto Maltese drinking glasses and Mm, all this really swanky, sweet stuff. And uh, then they had a little American comic shop. And I remember I was there with my f- friend, Trish Mulvihill, and we went into the store that sold American comics. It was kind of smelly and stinky, and we didn't like it, and we felt ashamed. A little bit now of America
0: this, on the continent.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that was 20 years ago. Let me tell you, uh-huh. it's reversed now. Interesting. The small store sells European graphic novels. And was kind of I went I was there on New Comics Wednesday. I think there was a couple people in that shop. Mm. But when I and now the big stores they have more American comics than I've seen in most American comic shops in English. <laughs> in English, and interesting. Was, yeah, yeah, and it was hopping. And there was girls coming in. There was women in the shop. And these you know, are they are super, fun- superhero comics as well. All kinds of comics, but but hmm. um, hmm. yeah, it was just what you would find in an American comic shop. Really, you know, uh huh, yeah, and then there's another store called Pulp that also sells English language American comic books. Wow, and and there was people in there. Like I said, it was New Comics Wednesday in Paris. Wow, and uh, you know, there is. I mean, the French comics industry is having their own ups and downs. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. starting from a huge, much bigger place than we're at, obviously. But there's too many books published there, and. Authors, there was apparently the biggest story coming out of Anglem is that the authors are going to go on strike unless they get paid to do those six-hour signings. So this is like, you know, (laughs)
0: interesting. (laughs) Like, you
1: know, like, you know, what the yeah, mon dieu, Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, but, but the the, my my main, main, you know, point for purposes of this podcast is that the international crossover of comics
2: is stronger than ever. Yeah. Um, Kate, are well, you there? Kate, I'm are you here? There? I'm here. <laughs> it's just that I have not been to angle no. and nor have I been to these comic shops you, you're talking about. So, you know, I'm letting you take the lead. Um, uh,
0: this is a, a small advertisement. Uh, you know, uh, Publishers Weekly uh, is, uh, is sort of a co-organizer of a new rights marketplace, and it's going to be called New York Rights Marketplace, and it's going to be held the same time as Book Expo. Um, in the uh, early early summer this year, I think uh, May thirtieth through June first, I'm going to be moderating a panel, and really going to be looking at um, this new wave of, of books that are coming to the U.S. But also part of what I want to talk about are uh, co- are, are American uh, artists being published in, in Europe and around the world. So it's really interesting to hear. Because when I went to to Angolin, I mean, there was definitely uh, – at Angolin, there was uh, an interesting uh, selection of American uh, superhero publishers. Obviously, Marvel and DC, they had a a pavilion to themselves. But really, Angolim is overwhelmingly non-superhero comics of all kinds. Uh, So this is interesting to see um, the marketplace in France uh, is actually – Adding something that I didn't think would be there.
1: Well, there's, yeah, but I mean that's also, I, you know, I, I actually in the in the store pulp, I, I ran into someone I knew, uh, which is the guy who owned the store, but I can't remember his name, and I his card is in my uh, luggage, but um, uh, he he and I, you know, he recognized me and uh, from meeting me four years ago, and we had a little chat, and you know, and I was like, what well, is this everywhere? And he says really, I mean, these stores are. You know, for for fans, I mean, and they're mm-hmm. in Paris. It's not like if you go to uh, Lyon or Angoulême, you're going to find an English language comic shop in France. Yeah. You know, okay, like sure. and 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 <clears throat> um, the you know, overwhelmingly they like their uh polars their thrillers and their you know classic adventure and their naughty sex farces yeah and uh you know all that stuff i mean the french market is overwhelmingly french i'll tell you what i didn't see in any of these shops and and there was two other stores that i went into that were like used bookstores there Mm -hmm. was like five stores apparently i missed two others but uh there's also like a bookstore there it's kind of like the bookstore district and so i run into this regular bookstore and they did indeed have a graphic novel section uh and they had kids' graphic novels. I say yeah. the other stores did not have children's sections. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, they 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 not 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 necessarily. I mean, they had like hmm. um, some of the classic kids' series were in the French comic shop,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and they had like some manga chachkis, you know, like Marsupilami, that kind of thing. Right, right. Uh, well, you know, I would say it's more of a collector store. What, what what I was most
0: impressed with being in Angoulême. And and really, like I said, I did not really get into Paris. We kind of stayed in a little hotel on the outskirts, Uh and it was really just to be close to the airport so we could – we sure. flew in and out. But in Angoulême, and going into – I mean, Angoulême is probably not a good way to judge anything. But what I was <laughs> no. most impressed about really was the love of all kinds of comics. Yes. It's not yes. – I mean this – I mean – and the comics industry in France is an overwhelmingly a book format – um you know, uh, uh, industry, they, they, you know, there are periodicals, but it's not. I mean, there are magazines and the like, but really books dominate the marketplace. But I just yeah. but but it's
1: really just comics of all kinds. It's I mean, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And but you know what? You know, what's huge there is manga. Yes, like young Mondays, readers absolutely. love manga. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had some pictures up on my blog. I, I did go to the big the big tent. Yeah. Uh, where all the major publishers are. And they were giving, you know, it's like, you know, it is true. They bring in kids, school kids by the busloads to, yeah. to take them through. And they were giving away these hats, like, and, and so you'd see one gang of kids would be wearing, um, you know, tutufs. Kind of hats, and then the (laughs) other ones would be wearing sprue and then there was, like, these manga hats, you know, Naruto, The kids would be wearing. So it was like these – you know, they weren't battling at all, but, like, you you know, different tribes, but um, the manga is absolutely huge there. You know, one one little anecdote that kind of um, sums up, though, like the differences in the market, and, you know, The Walking Dead is huge in France, as I alluded to before. Uh, but a lot of American comics don't do well there, and one that doesn't do well, uh, uh, Sean Phillips was a guest at the con mm-hmm. of his publisher, which I think is Urb, uh, well, might be Glena or I, mm-hmm. I might not know. And uh, you know, had big lines, but I was told that his books don't do well there, like the Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips books. I mean, they sell, but they're yeah. not like a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why is that in France they have so many books like that. Yeah, well, yeah, and,
0: yeah and, and Noir and and crime and. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, you know they have a whole they yeah. have a whole uh, genre called polar, which mm-hmm. means thrillers. Anyway, go on. I'm sorry. Well, I,
0: I'm curious about what you were saying about um uh, uh, publishing Americans. Isn't there a, a sort of art publisher? Was it C'est La? that really yes, C'est La, they, yes. Their whole lineup is basically Americans, Dürf, and others like them. Am I well, wrong? They,
1: you're correct. I think they actually publish books from other countries because they they were there. I, Serge, uh, the publisher, yes, he and I, I had a long it. chat. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like their big hit was uh, uh, Yuli Lus' new book, uh, which is coming out here from Fantagraphics, and that's you know kind oh, of yes, this dynamite. So yes, yes, your yeah, about you know that. where she's involved. Mm-hmm. Yes, and she's involved in this biracial relationship and. Hmm you know all hell breaks loose but uh that was huge that sold out but durf was also there Now, durf uh is a superstar in, in france yeah, he's here. a superstar <laughs>
0: he told me he's like the jerry lewis of comics <laughs> he is he
1: is we got to actually have a cognac together and uh but yeah you know and i mean we're talking about the mainstream publishers but the uh what we'd call small presses there are also um you know just turning out all these amazing mm-hmm. books beautiful books and you know l'association
2: yes. and
1: um cornelius and um Act of the Sud, and i mean there's dozens of them mm-hmm. dozens yeah. and dozens yes. and um
0: and of course uh, l'association you know, is the the great long term that the what the yes. publisher of uh of uh, persepolis, persepolis and, David and w. yeah and, he, yes it hits yeah,
1: a, yeah many 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 great car, uh cartoonists but um yeah. yeah so you know listen i i the the, the the kind of the log line that i was told by a couple of insiders is that uh, their attendance was up this year mm-hmm. and uh everybody sold a lot of books and you know aside from the authors who are on strike because they don't You know, they want to get paid to draw for six hours. Uh, It sounds like uh, it went very well. It was it was, you know, the State of the Union is good.
0: I love it. I love it. All right the The state of the union is a magnifique. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. 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 <laughs> so we, we. and I, I must give a shout out on the podcast. I, I I'm drawing to a close here. I'm going to fall asleep any second now. But yeah, uh, don't I fall want, asleep, Heidi. No, no I'm. I, I well, I want to. Oh God, how I want well, to. you, sleep. you probably but earned it. Yes. <laughs> I I have, but I just must give a shout out because I you know I think the mystique of Angle M is mostly about the fact that it's so hard to find a place to stay, which um, Airbnb has fixed that to some extent but it's still very hard but i was very very fortunate to uh be uh staying in a villa near the town we could walk to and from although it was uphill oh, you could walk uh, that's the, great yes yeah. well but it was a half hour walk don't get uh, up a very steep hill uh,
0: okay <laughs>
1: and, but i was staying with uh, the great karen green ah, uh the one and only Karen green yes. And um, also Stephen DeStefano, the great cartoonist, yeah. and uh, Tom Daly, the artist, and also cool. uh, Mayel um uh, a young uh, Franco-American cartoonist. Uh, she does those paper-cut comics and um, just a oh, fantastic yeah. crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, you great. know, Karen Karen went to the market and came back with a bunch of meats and cheeses. And there was this uh, goat cheese wrapped in bay leaves. And mm. uh, there was, she also got what they told her was the local ham specialty. But when we ate it, it tasted like a sweat sock. And then some uh, <laughs> are, are the French caretaker. And it was just really nasty. It was one of the nastiest things I've ever eaten. Okay. And then the French caretaker came and it said, oh, this is a pate that's made from offal. It's tripe and Chitlins, except that's not what they call them. <laughs> so, Holy anyway, moly. I'm glad I didn't eat too much of that.
0: Okay. All right. Well, still sounds like a classic group.
1: <laughs> yes, but beware the ham.
0: Okay. <laughs> beware oh, the tripe and awful. Yes. I love the name awful, so it must be because that's what it was. Anyway, well, uh
1: I, I, I think that's probably our show, huh? I think so. I mean, listen, it's been a tumultuous week and a half. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, what will the next 10 days bring?
0: Yeah, well, there's <laughs> always going Pro. to be
1: more. Two. Come. come.